The Star Jelly Files, Season 3, Episode 1. My Last Visit with the Solar Light Beings. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Star Jelly Files. It will not surprise you that I have once again changed my mind. I initially planned to spend our first episode of this season with a letter from the beings of Proxima Centauri, but the Galactic Council thinks it is more fitting for me to open with a story of my own. They say I have been avoiding the foundation of my stories for too long, and it is time to share more, so the Centurions will have to wait to be featured in episode 2 of this season. I know that throughout the history of this podcast, I have been particularly vague and secretive about myself. You know my name, Astra, and you know small details about the different beings I work with, but you know very little about where things began for me. This secretive approach was never really about hiding myself from the story. It was that I didn't feel my part of it was the important part. But as I said, others, lots of others, disagree with me. The mantis beings in particular think it is time for me to share a piece of me before everyone else jumps in to talk about their worlds and journeys again. So for episode one, I have decided to share how I got to space. It might surprise you that a great many, 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 many years ago, during the second age of humans, I lived on Earth, and that is where my journey to the stars began. It began with a chance meeting with a solar light being and a lifelong friendship that still exists today. I have lived on a great many worlds since my first planet and have seen more of the stars than most beings can claim. But at the beginning, Earth was my home. This story is about the day I chose to go on a grand adventure, to travel to worlds and stars I didn't even know existed. This story is about my meeting with a solar light being. These universal beings come from every world and travel the stars as orbs of light unless they choose to take a form to communicate with others. The form they take is usually one they used in a previous life adventure. They spend most of their time learning about different worlds and helping other worlds learn about the universe so those worlds can join the galactic community when they're ready. They have great senses of humor, love a lively discussion, and love to learn new things. It is a small wonder that we became friends when we did. So let's begin. The story of how I traveled to the stars. I could see them. Their soft, amber-glowing lights floating by my kitchen window. Calling for me to talk to them. To see them. To accept the idea that they were real. Real enough to reach out and introduce myself to. If I wanted to simply walk out my back door and greet them. Although, if I'm honest, I don't know why they continued with the tradition. I had already met them, many times. That didn't stop them from performing their dancing and racing amongst the tall cedar trees that encircled my old cottage. My home had aged. The once pristine gray wooden walls were now sagging. The doors and windows didn't shut quite right. And a lot had changed since the first time the orbs had introduced themselves to me. But still... They always wanted to dance when they arrived. Their excitement just couldn't be contained, I guess. As they moved, they occasionally paused to look back at me to see if I had noticed them yet. I always noticed them, but I also always ignored them. Well, I ignored them until I was good and ready to let them inside. They were early that night. Earlier than was safe. The sun had only set an hour before, and the sky was not yet dark enough for them to disguise their arrival as a wayward star falling from the sky. It didn't really matter, though, if they were discovered that night. It would be the last time they visited my home. Visited me. That's probably the real reason they were putting on the show. One last time, before we parted ways. 
I decided to make them wait a while longer. It would be better if they got rid of some of their energy before we began our journey. I would never be able to keep up with them otherwise. Not anymore. I stepped away from the window and made my way through my empty kitchen. The last piece of furniture I hadn't bothered to empty and sell sat in the corner of the room. A tall wooden bookcase that I was surprised hadn't fallen through the floor in all its years of standing guard. Books still sat on the shelves weighing them down and looking as if they would burst from their places if I had the audacity to add one more. I had already packed all the books I was planning to take with me, except one. The book in question, an old handwritten cookbook my family had passed down through the generations, sat on the top shelf with its worn, stained, and missing pages, looking at me, demanding to know why it hadn't been packed yet. I obliged the request and reached up to grab it. The rest of the books would stay, soon to be sent to new homes at my family's discretion. They looked at me sadly, but I think they understood. I couldn't take a lot with me, after all. And if I was going to take an extra book, it was going to be the one I promised to give Blue. I left the kitchen and made my way towards my front door. It was time to get going. The darkness of that cold autumn night had truly fallen around us, and it would be safe enough to make our way into the woods. As I approached the door, I could see the amber orbs rushing to beat me there, could see them dodging through the trees, pushing each other out of the way, and rushing to press themselves up against the glass frame around the front door peeking inside to greet me. All right, all right. I suppose you can come inside now, I said. I opened the door slowly, as if it was too heavy to move, putting on a show for the orbs. They responded in kind and began pushing it towards me in their excitement of finally being able to come inside, helping me to open the door more quickly. There was a dozen of them that night, small amber balls of light about the size of the palm of my hand. They zoomed past me and began exploring looking for any changes that might be important, that they might want to ask about later. It didn't take them long to take their grand tour around my single-floor home and find their way back to me. Normally, they would have taken hours to explore if I would let them, digging into every dusty corner to find something new, and occasionally, a surprise I had hidden for them. That night wasn't any different, except their exploration was much quicker than usual because the changes were so significant. My house, that was once filled with books, comfy furniture, and knickknacks from around the world, now stood empty. Most of my things had been sold at my request. All that was left was empty and creaking wooden floors and the occasional dust elephant. They did not have any small secrets to find, but one large one. The orbs gathered around me quickly, a half-circle of light politely sitting at eye level, asking me what had happened. Not asking in the way humans ask, not using their words instead using their energy to share their intent. I could feel their curiosity and concern pressing in on me. They knew something wasn't quite the same, and possibly wasn't quite okay. I wasn't sure what Blue had told them, wasn't sure how to even explain what it meant to sell one's home on their world, to sell one's things, to let go of all the things that had made up your life because you were too old to hold on to them. So I decided to keep things simple. I took a deep breath and made eye contact with them staying strong so that they would not worry. I'm going on an adventure. I had to pack my things away and only keep the important things so I can travel light, I said. Their moods shifted from concern to excitement. Adventure was a human word they understood and embraced. They had traveled enough of the universe to understand the idea of seeking out something new, and they knew it was a human concept, too. I had shared enough stories of my world travels to remote and exciting places to keep them entertained on boring, raining nights as Blue attended to other things. I decided it was best to move on quickly. No need to stall. 
All right, everyone, let's get going. If you can carry the two bags by the door in the basket, that would be helpful, I said. I pointed at the items and they rushed to my aid. They always got excited when I gave them chores. Part of their curiosity that night was probably disappointment over not having anything to help with. They fought with each other over who would get to carry what, but eventually we all made it out the door holding our parcels. I turned off the lights and closed the door, locking it behind me. I didn't bother to tour the house one more time. I had already spent days searching through it to make sure nothing was left behind except what would be needed by my granddaughter. She would check the house in the morning before it was passed on to the new owners. I had no interest in being there for that. I wanted instead to have one last visit with Blue. We made our way down the worn path that left my secluded backyard and led into the deep woods that surrounded us. The amber orbs led the way, lighting the path so that I could see where I was going. In the years before, every fall and spring when they visited, they took great delight in hiding behind the trees or in piles of leaves, a game of tag and hide-and-seek in the dark. But they knew I needed more help that night finding my way forward. They must have known, because I never asked them to help. They took it upon themselves to take their time that night. Some of them would rush forward, drifting over the hills and around the turns that sat before us to scout the way for possible dangers but always leaving one or two behind to float by me, to keep me company as we walked. Sometimes they would sit by my hand as if holding on to it. Sometimes they would tug on my long braided silver hair or the small green buttons of my coat to get my attention. A constant reminder that they were there if I needed something. We walked for about an hour. Well, I walked, making our way towards the small silver lake that sat in the depths of the forest. I lost myself in the crunching of the leaves beneath my worn hiking boots in the cold autumn air rushing over my cheeks, in the quiet that comes with fall and in the brightness of the stars. I was spending so much time looking at the sky and crunching the leaves that I didn't see the tall figure that was making its way down the path towards us. The amber orbs rushed forward to greet her. As it turned out, Blue had decided to meet us at the top of the hill that would lead us to the lake. To be fair, she had probably been out leaf-peeping. That was the reason she visited Earth, after all but it was rare for her to seek us out until we had gotten to the ship. The first time I had met Blue, had met the Orbs, was during the second winter owning my home. I was 28 years old and stubbornly living alone against my family's and society's wishes. It was well before the time of electric lights and the noise that came with innovation. I spent most of my time reading or out walking the trails through the woods, looking for something new to discover. Eventually, one night, I got more than I could have ever hoped for. I was standing at the edge of a small lake just after sunset, debating if I wanted to camp for the night rather than walk back home. The distance wasn't far, but some nights I just wanted to be outside. As I settled down on a large flat rock to think things through, I noticed a floating light dancing amongst the trees. At first, I thought I was seeing things, or allowing my imagination to run away with me. I was quickly shaken out of that thought when the blue light began making its way towards me. I didn't run. I wasn't scared. I was mystified about what I was witnessing, and I wanted to know more. I took a step towards the trees until the blue light noticed me. It stopped. It observed me. And by some unspoken agreement, we both approached each other. Eventually, we were standing and floating within a foot of each other. I, wearing my hiking clothes and covered in dirt and leaves, them, a very large blue floating orb that was taller than I was. They radiated a light that felt warm against my skin. Inviting. I said hello, 
and that was the beginning of a lifelong friendship. It took several years before I really understood, before we really understood each other, before we really saw each other for who we were, but eventually our walks through the woods, one human and one floating light, turned into one human and one very tall light being who was willing to show their full form, sharing stories, talking about our lives, and eventually taking care of each other's families the best we could. Blue hadn't changed over the years. Not that I could tell. She looked the same standing at the top of the hill that night as she did the first time I saw her standing before me. Ten feet tall, long, elegant limbs, skin the color of the ocean, and a small smile to greet me. I walked towards her and reached out to give her a hug, a tradition she had adapted to quickly, if not awkwardly. I see the little ones got you here safe, Blue said. She stepped back from her hug and held me at arm's length. I see you decided to add a few more wrinkles over the past few months. I like them. Well, they are in fashion right now. I figured I should show them off while I had the chance, I said with a smile. A smile that wasn't returned by Blue. It's okay. A little humor is healthy for us humans. Let's get to the ship. I have some warm apple crisp for us to snack on, I said. Blue didn't comment further as we made our way down the hill and towards the floating silver disc that sat at the edge of the lake. At one time, the ship and its brilliant golden lights would dazzle me every time I saw them. It never really felt real to me, even when I spent time on board. But like with most things, we get used to them. The ship looked no different that night, except it was sitting firmly on the ground rather than floating a few feet above it, a modification Blue made without me asking to make it easier for me to get on board. We made our way inside and down the twisting and turning hallways I loved to explore. I could never resist running my fingertips over their smooth surfaces as I walked feeling the warmth of the metal run up my arm and filling me with a sense of comfort I didn't know anywhere else in the world. The saucer felt more like home to me than the cottage we had walked away from. Eventually, we made our way to the family room, a large space in the ship that consisted of comfy piles of fabric that you couldn't get out of once you sat down, and a variety of tables that held, much like my home, knickknacks from Blue's Travels. I ran my hand over a small glass ornament of a maple leaf as I walked into the room. A reminder of other times, of other adventures we'd enjoyed. The amber orbs placed my parcels by one of the tables towards the center of the room and zoomed off to find other adventures. Blue and I sat down and began our visit. Our visit was nothing out of the normal, just the way I wanted it to be. We talked about home. Both of our houses were still doing fine. We talked about our children. She talked about her grandkids and babysitting them for a while. We talked about the latest books we had read. We spent most of our time poring over the cookbook I had brought her. Blue loved trying recipes from other worlds and had a book collection much larger than mine. A calm evening, well, most of it anyway. Eventually we would have to say goodbye, but I ignored that idea as long as I could. The young ones are so excited about your visit. Do you think you will have time to talk with them about your move? Did you have time to write them that book you have been promising them all these years? Blue eventually asked me. She was leaning forward in her chair, her long forearms resting on her knees, her warm, amber-colored eyes staring into mine, searching for an answer I wouldn't give her. I think it's best if we don't tell them too much. Better to let them enjoy my visit. In no book, no matter my intentions to be an author, I have always had trouble finishing stories. I never want them to end, I said quietly. Well, if you think that is best, the young ones will understand, but my children won't take that idea well. They are too old to not see what is happening. They have been visiting you too long to not understand what happens on your world, Blue said. Nothing is happening. I am moving to an apartment, 
Moving to the city. Moving away from the woods. Yes, we won't be able to visit anymore, but it is still an adventure, I said with a shrug. You are getting old. 88 Earth years is old for a human. You are moving to be cared for. Why won't you talk about this? It is natural. It is important to face it, to see it for what it is. Also, we could keep visiting if you would just let me teleport you, Blue said. Yes, and we could also terrify everyone in my neighborhood by having me disappear in the middle of the night into a bright flash of light. Let's just let it be. This is an old argument. Let's not let it interrupt our last visit. It is different for me. We do not get millennia. We get centuries. We do not celebrate as you do. This is an old argument, I said. I was trying to hold my anger down, trying to hold myself together until I could leave. I have always dreamed of traveling the stars, of taking her up on her offer. I have never been brave enough to say yes. I don't understand. Let me help you. Let me fix this. We can heal you, Blue said, her voice not getting louder, but changing tone. She sounded like the captain she was, not the friend I spent quiet evenings with. There was a tone of desperation in her voice, a tension in her back. She could never resist trying to help me. In other times, it was so much simpler. Fixing a roof, caring for my children when I couldn't. She didn't see how things were different this time. I took a deep breath and said, Listen, I know this is hard. I knew this would be hard. Sixty years is a long relationship. I will miss it. But my world will not understand me living until I am 500 years old. They will not understand the idea that you exist. They would lock me away. They would attempt to harm you. I can't allow that to happen, I said. I was fighting back tears. I did not want to face the goodbye. Face letting go of all that was magical about my life. To face never seeing them again. The dozens of kids and grandkids in blue. I leaned forward, pressing my forehead into my hands. Attempting to hide my face away so it did not betray how I felt. Blue leaned in and pressed her forehead to mine and closed her eyes. A sign of affection from her world. Come with us, Blue said. What? No, we have had that argument too. It is impractical. What value do I, a human, have here on this spacecraft but to get in your way, I said. Come with us. You will not be in our way. I have told you that since I asked you all those years ago. Your adventures in this universe can be so much greater than what you allow yourself to see. Come explore with us. Your children are grown. They know who we are and must already assume you will. They assumed you were waiting until they were grown to make the decision. They asked me about it last time I was here. Come with us, Blue said. I sat there, not moving, waiting for the silence to fade away, to be interrupted, to not have to make that choice. I wanted so badly to say yes. I had since the first time she asked. It didn't matter that the rest of the world didn't believe there was more beyond our stars. I knew there was. I wanted to go. There was no reason I shouldn't. Blue was right. My kids had already told me to. They would lie for me. So why wasn't I saying yes? I was scared. Terrified that I wasn't good enough. Wasn't enough at all for that kind of adventure. For that kind of life. 
Come with us, Blue whispered again. I took a deep breath and said, Okay. It was decided I would travel the stars and see exactly what was out there. That is where my journey began. That is where I, Astra, come from. Of course, there are lots of other stories in the middle of how I left Earth, all the places I visited, and many years later, how I am here collecting stories from universal beings to share with you. But those are stories for another day. See you next week for another episode of the Star Jelly Files. Astra. <laughs>